Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. This is this is one of the more baffling topics that I have seen. I'm so honored to have Cynthia Hughes on with us. Cynthia, we really appreciate your time and the stand that you're taking in a tough situation, a tough environment. I'm going to have Cynthia, if you start out just with this, just take the first minute and tell us about you, uh, where you live or where you were born or a little bit about your life. And then after that first minute, let's roll right into the, the name of your organization and what you're doing. So tell us a little bit about you first, Cynthia, if you would. Uh, my name is uh, Cynthia Hughes and uh, I am from New Jersey. I am a wife. I am a mother of four. Um, and I'm also a, uh, um, like a mother, if you will, um, to my nephew, Tim Hale, who is um, currently incarcerated due to the events of January 6th. Um, and uh, we live a quiet life here in New Jersey and uh, everything has changed in the last two years. That's interesting phrasing you use because the scripture says that government functions the way it's supposed to function, restraining evil and rewarding good, then the citizens get to live a peace and quiet life and tranquility and prosperity. And so uh, Cynthia has just said, something has changed in our country. In the last two and a half years, nothing is the same. Cynthia, you head up an organization called Patriot Freedom Project. It involves trying to deal with this, a painful um, situation discussed the people who are political prisoners incarcerated for this extremely long time under really horrible conditions. I feel like we're dealing with the third third world prisons when I hear the stories. So Cynthia, start by telling us about why you launched this and then talk to us about the January 6th, I don't know what else to call them except political prisoners. Talk to us. Yeah. Um, so as you, you heard me mention, I, I have a I have a nephew, um, Tim. He is uh, about to spend his third birthday behind bars. Um, he will be uh, 33 years old. He, um, I grew up with his mother and his father. Um, his mother was my one of my dearest and closest friends. Um, and there was just a lot of heartache in her life and, um, and a lot of heartache around Tim growing up. And um, so I was kind of like a, a, a constant person in his life that um, provided security and stability to him. And so he lived with me on and off throughout his life um, when things weren't going so good for him at home with, with his mother. And um, a few years ago, um, I made a decision to move on from my friendship with his mother so I could be family to Tim, because that's what he needed. There was a lot of heartache in his life. I mean, tremendous amount. Um, he's a good kid. He is on the uh, autism spectrum. Um, he was in the army for 12 years and was uh, thrown out of the army last year after this, this whole debacle unfolded in his life. Um, yesterday on January 16th was the two year anniversary of um, his incarceration. He went to trial in May of 22, and he was found guilty on obstruction of an official proceeding. He went to the Capitol on January 6th. He did not commit any acts of violence. He uh, assaulted nobody. He wore a suit and tie. He did not go in the chamber. He did not go in the state rooms. Um, he did go inside. He was in the crypt. He found a Trump flag, a very big Trump flag on the ground. And, um, you know, kind of was skipping around, dancing around. Literally, that's what you see on the video of him. Um, when he was asked to leave by the police, he left. And, um, and he uh, was sentenced to 48 months in prison by his judge. Now, I will tell you, because I'm a very open book and I'm very honest, um, there's some controversy around him. Uh, Tim has a very bombastic personality. And, you know, when you go through abuse in your life and you go through a lot of pain and heartache, sometimes people will turn to drugs or alcohol um, 
you know, or other vices and, and Tim kind of turned to comedy. Um, only the comedy that he follows is, is, you know, a little bit of dark humor and some insensitivities like, you know, Norm Macdonald and Bill Barr and, you know, uh, people, people like that. So when Tim got raided um, by many federal agents and NCIS because he lived on a military base, um, you know, they took his phone, they took his computer after they raided his home and they discovered some insensitive pictures and content on his phone. The pictures were on his phone where they lived for, you know, his eyes only. And um, they released it, you know, the media got a hold of it and uh, he has been totally um, obliterated in the, you know, in the media and character assassinated because of it. Um, and it's important that I share that because I want people to know because what people see about him on the internet is not who he is. He's a good kid. He comes from hard circumstances and, um, and, and, and he, he doesn't deserve what's happening to him. Um, so with that being said, when he was arrested, he was in several different jails before he ended up in DC uh, where he got COVID and he was kept in solitary confinement for six months him and all the other men that were in jail there with him. And it was very frustrating. And for me, um, it was very painful because I knew the solitary confinement he lived throughout his life, if that makes sense to you. Um, and it was really heartbreaking because he just never gets a break, this kid. So um, I have to tell you, I, I just, I couldn't stand by and watch it. So I really jumped into action um, and I decided that there needed to be um, support network. There needed to be a place to go for people to connect with other people in these same circumstances. And so I formed a, like a family support group and I started speaking to Julie Kelly from American Greatness. Um, I don't know if you know who she is, but I highly recommend you, you follow her and research her. She is the most accurate and um, um, profound investigative journalist on uh, all things January 6th and the Whitmere trials um, from Michigan. Um, so if you don't know Julie Kelly, please uh, check her out because she, her reporting is stellar. Um, so, I just, I just kept getting more and more frustrated. And so I just kept building up my support group. And the next thing I knew, I had gotten a phone call from um, Debbie and Dinesh D'Souza, who were most gracious and wanted to lend their support. They had heard of my support group. They had heard of what I was doing. And um, so they got behind me and they, they sent a, a beautiful gift and told me we were coming into like the back to school time and the holidays of 2021. And so they wanted me to, you know, help the women and help the children. And that was really my, my main priority um, um, at first with this. So um, next thing I was talking to Steve Bannon and we just started raising money. And, um, and before I knew it, we had raised uh, $1 million in a very short time. So we were able to pay mortgages and the rents and utility bills and help with emergencies. We were able to, um, you know, help with Christmas last year, um, Halloween costumes, back to school items. Um, some women had to, uh, um, they lost their health insurance. And um, so we helped pay like COBRA payments and, um, and, and it just, it just kept growing and kept building. And I knew that, um, I could, I could continue these efforts and do a lot of good for a lot of people. And I decided not only to help the women and the children, but to also help the lawyers because these lawyers, they have a very tough battle on their hands. And, you know, these, these trials are being heard in DC. So you're talking about, you know, men who are away from their wives, away from their children, away from their families for long periods of time. So there's, there's a lot of humanitarian crisis, I call it, going on here. Um, 
you know, we know everybody is talking about what happened on January 6th and where we're at with that. And that's important, but nobody's talking about this part of it, what I call the collateral damage. And um, there wasn't many people doing anything. I get letters from a lot of these, um, you know, detainees and defendants, and they, you know, they tell me, you know, it's, it's peace of mind why they're going through this to know that somebody is out here trying to help their family, trying to make sure their, you know, their family keeps their head above water and their children are, are safe and okay. And so um, this is something that's very close to my heart. Uh, I'm a person of action. Um, I have great faith in God. I've had a very hard life myself. Um, and um, I too have a lot of reasons to be a bad person or, you know, turn to very bad vices, you know, to ease your pain. I turned to church and I turned to God and, um, and I, you know, read every self-help book and I changed my life and I did really well for myself. So I knew I could be strong in this for women that were struggling and, uh, and I wanted to do my part and help. And, uh, here we are. <clears throat> what, what, what's the total number of people who have been arrested and incarcerated? Do you have any feel for that total number? So we're at just, we're, we're just about to a thousand people now um, that have been arrested and charged and indicted in connection with this. Um, and that number is growing. We have over a hundred people that are behind bars. And in that number, you have a mixed, you know, uh, part of my choice of words, a mixed bag of things, right? Um, you have, pre-trial detainees. You have people that are awaiting sentencing. Um, you have, you know, new arrests. You have people that are now serving their sentence. And, um, you know, we're going to see that number grow very rapidly here as time goes on. Very rapidly. You think it's going to go up? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, Significantly. What, well, what, if, may I ask what causes you to say that? Um, well, we've had a few of the lawyers um, who have heard from the public defender's office and, um, you know, people in D.C., people, you know, in the prosecution's office and things like that who have said um, there will be anywhere from 1,000 to possibly 3,000 more arrests on the horizon. The, the jail conditions, the, the language I've heard about that, it, it sounds horrific uh it, it is first of all describe that to us and if the reports i've heard are true what recourse if any does anyone have on this that this sounds quite jolting to hear these kind of conditions in america and these kind of this kind of a situation yeah that's you know i'm glad that you asked that so um you know, last year in, in the D.C. jail, these men, you know, were in solitary confinement um, and they were they were not allowed to have in-person visits. The visits with their family just started about three weeks ago. Um, so they were separated from their wives and their children. Um, they weren't able to have legal visits with their own lawyer. They weren't, you know, getting their discovery. They weren't seeing the evidence against them. Um, they weren't allowed to get haircuts. They weren't allowed to shave. The food choices were not, well, let's just say not good. Um, and, um, you know, they were being denied medical treatment. We have, um, we have a, a DC detainee uh, named Jeffrey McKellop who recently had an abscess tooth and was denied medical attention. He literally had to use a staple to break the abscess open to get relief from the pain in his mouth. Um, and, you know, Jim, if I could say to you, was, was this a January 6th thing in, in you know, in a whole? Um, I do think that the January 6th defendants are, were treated a little bit more harshly in the jail system, but we have a real problem in our jail system in this country, period. And this is how people are treated. Because it was the whole jail that was in solitary. It was the whole jail that was in quarantine. And it was the whole jail that was being treated this way. Over the course of this past year, I've gotten letters from 
non-January 6th defendants, not a lot, but but a couple of uh, very painful letters of people saying, can you help me? Uh, you know, because I'm being held in this condition or that condition. Now, I will say this. Um, I'm hearing from people that are now in prison. You know, I don't think a lot of people understand that there's a difference between jail and prison. Um, and uh, it's night and day for a lot of these men that are in prison now. And especially with their families, because they can visit with their families, they can see their children. That's the biggest problem for me. You know, Jim, the 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 fallout to what what is on the other side of this, it, it could it can never be repaired. This is going to live with people that are caught up in this and families that have been broken because of this forever. Um, let's talk about the Perna family. They will never recover from this. They will never, this will never be made right for them. Their, their loved one took his own life and, and is not coming back. Um, and I'm very close with the Perna family. They're a very strong family, but they are brokenhearted and devastated. And this government has Matthew's blood on, you know, on its hands. And, uh, you know, there's no skirting that around that. The, uh, I, I'm aware that Congressman Louis Gomer, he's a friend of ours, our World Prayer Network family, they know him well. He's been in to see uh, these, these in jail. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, I believe she was in. Yes. And I think there are maybe two more members of Congress that have been able to get in. I'm not sure you, you would correct me on that if I'm wrong, but it, is there anything that Congress is able to do at all in this situation? Or I assume they can't, or they many of them would, would have by this time. Well, um, first of all, I, I have to say this. Um, Louis Gohmert is the sweetest, most kindest. He's an absolute gem and it's a sad day for people in this country without him in Congress. He is just an Agreed. extraordinary gentleman and I just love him to pieces. He's been very good to the Perna family and he's just a wonderful person. Um, yes, he made it inside. Marjorie Taylor Greene made it inside and um, Congressman Troy Nellis has recently made it inside. Um, and what can Congress do? Well, I think we're about to see what Congress is going to do, because prior to the midterm election, we know nobody in Congress was doing anything. And I think the Congress members that wanted to do something had to wait for the midterm election and had to wait for a new Speaker of the House and had to wait for, um, you know, everybody to be sworn in. And I think now we're going to see some action. But here's the problem. Um, for the next two years, there's going to be two obstacles in our way. And let me tell you what they are. They are Joe Biden and they are Merrick Garland. And um, you're not going to get around that. Uh, Joe Biden is going to be the president and Merrick Garland is going to be the AG. Now, we know that there's a lot going on right now surrounding um, Joe Biden, but um, I'm not hopeful that anything's going to come of it. So, um, you know, we have a two-tier justice system in this country and a very failed judicial system. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. I do I do have a lot of faith in Matt Gates, and I have a lot of faith in, um, in uh, Jim Jordan. And I do think that we're going to see them try to do everything that they can now because they know that families are being kept apart. I saw Jim Jordan in Ohio uh, back in the fall and I spoke to him and I, you know, told him about some of his constituents, you know, what they were enduring. Um, and he was concerned and, you know, and, and, and we didn't get to talk long. We were, we were, we were at a, at an event and he was busy, but um, I, I hope that he will now be, I hope he will put action into his words. Now. We distinguish or I distinguish in my mind, between people who were smashing windows, damaging property, and 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 it appeared to be kind of violent in their in their actions, in contrast to the other baffling image that is just is so perplexing, is the video image of police officers opening barricades, 
and, and, and seemingly welcoming people in. There's quite a distinction in my mind between those two groups. I don't know how many make up the first category. The numbers, I, I suspect, is pretty small. So that's one thing. I, I, if you give a little commentary, I, I, we understand there should be consequences. There's somebody who breaks and enters. We, we get that. A violation of law. We don't, we, don't, we don't affirm that at all. But there's other category that, that is just odd to me that I can't figure out. And I, I've listened to commentary on it. But police officers who open barricades, and, and it's almost as if they're saying, come on in. The, the, I'm going to throw several questions, and you kind of respond kind of macro to however you want to this. And then the man in the crowd who was trying to stir the people to go do some damage, this guy, I don't remember his name, Ray somebody, whatever it is. Ray Epps. Ray yeah. Epps. <laughs> and what, who is that? And then the last part is the report from people of seeing several people reported, is this accurate or not, that they saw buses pull in and young men get off and begin to mix in the crowd that, that created a lot of challenges. So I'm asking a package of questions. This is a puzzling day, but the, the treatment, the oh, excessive treatment of these is, is, is what breaks my heart today. Why I use the term political prisoners, because this is, this, is, this is strange during the Antifa riots. Those people all got off and these are, are, are locked away. So kind of respond to, I sort of ask a series of three to four questions there in a package. Respond to whichever ones you can or, or want to. Well, um, you know, you bring up Ray Epps and, you know, and, and that's the million dollar question. Who is Ray Epps and why isn't he behind bars? Why are all these other people behind bars? Um, but he isn't. There's several people that are, are questionable that were at the Capitol that day, you know, with bullhorns and, you know, encouraging people to go inside. And you have to wonder, you know, at this point, why, right? Um, so I, I really can't speak to what Ray, who Ray Epps really is, but I will tell you, um, if you follow Darren Beatty from Revolver News, um, he, he has done a great job, you know, trying to explain to the American people who Ray Epps really is or who he could be. Um, his testimony was very dubious and, um, and Congress, you know, feels that way. And I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about Ray Epps. And I think we're going to be, you know, hopefully bringing him in front of Congress again and, and getting some some really detailed answers. Let's hope. Um, as far as the buses being pulled up and, and people, you know, I mean, I've heard that. I, you know, I, I've never seen proof of that, but I have heard that. I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, the majority of these people that are caught up in this their cases are put under seal, like almost immediately after they've, you know, been arrested. And, you know, and when we say put under seal, they, they're not allowed to talk about it. Um, there's a, um, there's a website that you could go on and you could look at, you know, history of cases and you can look at documents and motions and things like that. But once something goes under seal, it's off record and nobody can see it, but the, you know, defense attorney, the, the, you know, the defendant and, and the prosecution, and of course the judge. So, and I feel a lot of these cases are going under seal because um, it's the prosecution's way of being able to keep the, you know, the American public in the dark and to keep the shock and awe campaign going. You know, these cases, I've sat in on several jury trials and I've been there when juries are being selected. And I have to tell you, I've listened to these DC residents talk about the horror they felt that day, to talk about how they don't know if they can separate their, um, their political ideology and what they witnessed that day from doing their civic duty. And you're seeing these judges compelling them. Um, there was a trial uh, like a month or so ago, and um, one of the guys that, that was on trial, his name is Peter Schwartz, um, you know, I talked to him often and he told me that during the trial, there was a time where um, one of the jurors kept telling the judge that she felt like the, you know, the defendants were staring at her, making her uncomfortable. And there should have been a mistrial right then and there, but the judge did not declare a mistrial. And a short time later, 
um, there was another outburst during the trial where a juror got up and ran out of the courtroom in the middle of testimony. There should have been a mistrial then. Um, and there wasn't. And these lawyers filed for a mistrial, but they were denied by the judge. And then when the verdict had come in and, you know, the, the guilty counts were being read, you had jurors giving, you know, these defendants the middle finger. Th this stuff is unheard of. And there's how I put it, you know, where are the grownups in this? You know, why is our judicial system allowing this, right? I remember a few years ago during the riots in 2020, there was the two lawyers in New York that threw the Molotov cocktail into the police car in New York and could have killed, you know, several police officers. I don't even think they're in jail right now. I think like they got two years and most of their sentence was, you know, uh, suspended and, and, and they're out running free. And that's the biggest thing here, you know, keeping these these people in jail like this, not letting them participate in their own defense. I mean, it is unheard of. And we have, I just, I'm out of words. Like I, I don't even know what to make of this anymore. It's very alarming what we're watching unfold in this country. And it's all because of people supporting a president that they they chose to support. And who is anybody in this country to tell an American citizen you can't support a political person, you know, your choice for your political uh, opponent or your president or your congressperson? And that is what this all boils down to. Um, anything to stop Donald Trump from being on that 2024 ballot. It's a disgrace what they have done to this man, what they do to his family, the way they beat him up every day in the media. I mean, it's just... Who sets the example in for, you know, in this country for, for the people? Nobody does. It's, it's, it's sad. It's very sad, Jim. I'm going to go to Mario right now. Mario is not only a pastor, but he's also trained in law. So his, his questions will come from probably both of those arenas. Mario? Um, for the most part, what are the defendants being charged with from January 6th? Well, I mean, they're being charged with assault, they're being charged with trespassing, they're being charged with obstruction of an official proceeding, which is a very controversial charge. It's a charge that came from the Enron um, debacle, and it's a, a felony, so it holds a lot of jail time, and that's, you know, they're using it to basically, you know, be a weapon against these people. It's a way for them to get jail time. Um, uh um, tr trespassing, as I mentioned, um, and they, and, and the charges, it, the funny thing is, is like they, they word them in different ways. Like, you know, they'll, they'll charge them with the same thing, but it'll, it'll be, you know, worded differently. Um, and there's so many different charges, honestly, Mary, I'm not even, I, I wish I would have printed something out because I could have, because everybody's being charged with these like standard misdemeanor charges. Um, civil disorder is another charge we're seeing. Um, uh, I, I just, I mean, the list is long. There are, there are a, a dozen upon a dozen different charges. As, as Jim mentioned, obviously we do not condone any of the violence uh, and there should be accountability for that. But some people charged with that the, all they did was go into the Capitol and some didn't even go into the Capitol that are being charged. Right. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, Thomas Caldwell, um, he just was on, he was on a trial in the first Oath Keeper trial. Um, he was charged with conspiracy. He was charged with sedition, seditious conspiracy. Um, he was charged with obstruction of an official proceeding. He and his wife were at the Capitol on January 6th. They never went inside. Um, and he basically was convicted on um, words and text messages and messages on signal. Um, but thankfully, he was found not guilty of the conspiracy charges and only found guilty of the obstruction. Um, obviously, some of the defendants are getting private attorneys versus public defenders. Is there any specific firms representing several of the defendants that you're aware of? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that we do here at Patriot Freedom Project. We help with, with retainers for lawyers. Um, 
So there, we work with multiple lawyers and uh, most of these lawyers have, you know, several cases under, you know, on, on their hands. Uh, have you spoken or interviewed any of the lawyers regarding what's going on? What is their take? And um, are some of these cases going on appeal? Most of these cases are going to go on appeal. Um, right now, we have a big appeal in front of the appellate court. So attorney Nick Smith, who is one of our, our best January 6th attorneys, he's on, um, on trial right now with a very, very difficult uh, um, case, uh, the first Proud Boy trial. And he is representing Ethan Nordine. This trial, they, they're calling it the trial of the century. This trial is, it took them almost three weeks to pick a jury. It's absolutely, it's insanity. It's insanity, Maria, what we're seeing. Um, and, you know, I do, I talk to, I talk to the lawyers a lot. Another great attorney on these cases is Joseph McBride. Um, he's on trial right now. Um, he's representing the man that um, we've all seen the pictures of him sitting at the, uh, at Nancy Pelosi's desk with his feet up on, you know, on the desk. Um, and Joe has, uh, he's hit some home runs already and, and the trial's only, you know, into its second week. So um, these lawyers are great but they need support because there's a lot to do here. Uh, early on, I heard that um, there was either some, obviously media targeting of the lawyers or other kinds of peer pressures from other law firms or clients and that some lawyers didn't want to take January 6 cases. Are you aware of that? Yes, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of lawyers that don't want to touch these cases. Um, and I think it might be different now um, that we've had a change in Congress. Um, but I spoke to, you know, cause we have to get more lawyers involved, you know, lawyers that are, um, you know, have experience with this, that are actual criminal defense attorneys and federal criminal defense attorneys would be even better. But, um, I spoke to three new lawyers yesterday, just yesterday. Every single one of them told me they couldn't get involved with these cases because they don't like Donald Trump. And so, you know, this is what it keeps coming down to. You know, you have people's lives that are basically on the line. Um, you have men that are going to go to jail for seven or eight years here and be separated from their children, um, like Albuquerque Head. Now, Albuquerque has a serious criminal history, and there's no getting away from it. He's accused of some serious violence. Um, there's not video evidence to really support what he's accused of. I mean, there is some, and it's hard to watch. He had a baby. His wife had just had a baby when he went to jail. When he gets out of jail, that little girl is going to be eight or nine years old. She's not going to know her father. His wife cannot bring these children to a prison and bring these babies there. I mean, Oh, I could go on and on, Mario. I really could, but please ask ask away. Um, yeah, I'll reserve uh, Jim for the end um, if you have any more questions. Uh, when you refer to this this Albuquerque head, it's kind of the strangest things. Yeah. Seeing him walk around, he wasn't doing any act of violence on the video. I saw a little bit. I saw, but it. Um, I've been in the Senate chambers and the House chambers, and when I go in there, I go in there respectfully. Um, it, it's painful. He shouldn't have been in there to go up on the platform like that. It's just painful to watch that. Now, again, the crime, the, the, the consequences should be commensurate with the nature of the crime, uh, not what we've seen in so many of these cases. That one, that one is a hard one. Uh, to, to watch. Do you have any commentary or anything to shed any light on the death of the shooting of Ashley Babbitt? Um, you know, Jim, I, I like to be very careful there. Um, you know, it's a very touchy subject. She was murdered. Um, and there's no getting around it. She was outright murdered. And, you know, her murderer he, he walked away scot-free, um, no accountability for anything. Um, and it's, it's a true disgrace. You know, you have a mother who 
has lost her only daughter. You have a, a husband who has lost a wife he, you know, loved immensely. And um, there's no, there's, I, I, you can't make up for that. Now, I will tell you, um, I do know that when, um, when Ashley's family buried her, they denied her honors. And that is just an absolute, absolute disgrace. She was in the Air Force, correct? Yes. Yes. And for this country to do that to her, to, to her memory, to her honor, she gave her life to this country. She served several tours of duty um, and, and made her country very, very proud. So to deny her the honors that she was entitled to and she worked for is just despicable. And I hope that um, I hope that her name is cleared completely and totally by this Congress. And I hope that they give her the honors that she that she earned. She she's earned that. She's owed that. There are so many things about January 6th that are just baffling. But even that that situation there. It I don't remember how long it was. I'm gonna guess, I'm just guessing now. It may have been eight months or nine months before they revealed the name of the person who shot her. Mm -hmm. in, in normal environments, we would have this within within minutes. Of course. Within seconds, it'd be reported. You'd know a police officer shot somebody and, and you know. And in this case, they kept it hidden. That's right. I don't think it was a full year, but I kept wondering who did this, who did this? And I remember the morning they announced that. I can't believe how long they've waited. Why? I don't want to put you on a spot here and you don't have to answer it. Why would that be? What would be the purpose of delaying it so long like that? Politics. Politics. You're dealing with, you know, an administration, in my opinion, that, um, you know, they have their own laws, their own rules, uh, you know, and any, and again, I go back to Trump. I mean, anything to make Trump look bad, uh, they're going to do it, you know, and even it's, and it's not just a, a democratic thing, you know, it's, it's a it's a political thing, you know. You could have a Republican. I mean, we know that there are many Republicans that don't like him either. So, um, you know, the <clears throat> whole country is being held hostage basically um, because of you know political theater, if you will. I was not in D.C. and I didn't hear the speech, so I missed all of that. And uh, but then listening to it afterwards, it's very clear he used the word peacefully demonstrate he he used that word that we all use when we talk about these kind of events peacefully demonstrate and so for him to be accused uh, in the way he is it, it 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 baffles my mind if our nation could have gone this far that the judicial system is neither systemic nor judicial people have lost confidence in our country at, at a very basic level uh, the rule of law is not what we, we were taught as children, we grew up, we have a country, the rule of law and consent of the governed. And right now we're not experiencing either one. Um, that's not really a question. That's just my own lamenting of the condition of our nation. Cynthia, is there any question I really should have asked you that, oh, I know one, not a one. Your, uh, your website, if people want to know more about you and what you're doing, what is your website? Uh, so... PatriotFreedomProject.com. Uh, if you go to PatriotFreedomProject.com, you'll be able to see all the ways that you can support our efforts, um, you know, where you can donate, how you can donate. Um, we're trying to build a mental health community. We've been, you know, doing a pretty good job. We've, we've compiled um, a pretty big list of mental health professionals. Um, and... Um, you know, we have weekly support calls with family members. Um, we do our own prayer group. We would like to grow and have a bigger prayer group for, um, you know, a lot of these um, families. Um, you know, I know we just came through Christmas, but Christmas will be here before we know it. And uh, we ask for gift cards and, um, you know, uh, donations to help the families. We try to help at back to school and um, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, and, uh, there, you know, this this is going to be long lasting. This is not something that's going away anytime soon. We're going to be living in this nightmare, at least until the next presidential election. Hopefully we will have a president back in the White House.
that cares about all the people in this country and is going to take a long, hard look at, um, you know, what has happened here and hold the people that have done this to these families, you know, um, accountable. Um, so, but I think that there has to be something in place for these men when they're released from prison. And, and again, there's a lot of talk about what happened on January 6th, why did it happen, who was involved in it, but there's not a lot of talk about the real collateral damage and that is, you know, is, is the family unit and these families are not intact. And, you know, and I'll tell you something else, Jim, you know, during the time that these men have been held in jail um, for, you know, some two years, some a year, some a year and a half, they had no religious services either. That only just started um, a few weeks ago as well. So, and for some people, religion <laughs> is a big thing. You know, um, my nephew is very well versed with the Bible. Uh, when I got the first phone call from him after he was arrested, I didn't hear from him after I found out he was arrested. I didn't hear from him for a few days. And um, when I finally got the phone call, you know, you could hear it in him, you know, what, what's happening to me. He's never been in jail. Um, the first thing he asked for, can you please get me a Bible? Um, so some of these people, most of these people, they take their religion very, very serious, their, their relationship with God very, very serious. And some people, to be very honest with you, um, you know, maybe, maybe they're not praising God the way that they should right now. And maybe they are praising God for the wrong reasons. Um, but there's, that's the only way through this. That has to be first and foremost, um, is, you know, our, our, we all have to be looking up every single one of us if we're going to make it through this. Uh, Mario, other thoughts? Yes, um, it's probably a rhetorical question. I think I know the answer. Where is ACLU and other civil liberty organizations that should be shocked and concerned about the con what appears to be constitutional violations with uh, these prisoners? Well, again, um, these J6 defendants supported a president that the ACLU doesn't like. And for that, they get nothing. Yeah. Uh, I just want to make a comment. Um, we've all heard uh, that the speaker will be releasing all the footage of January 6th. So he says. And um, something uh, for the last however number of broadcasts on every broadcast, uh, Jim starts the program by saying, uh, uh, this is not political. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's about truth. Yes. Uh, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That's right. We, um, the World Prayer Network, do not condone any kind of criminal activity. But we are concerned of what is, is just mind-boggling of some of the reports that we're hearing. Uh, for those that are watching, uh, if there's anyone that knows someone that's been involved in uh, January 6th uh, uh, um, cases and has other information that we're not aware of. Uh, um, but it's very, very troubling and potentially, like you said, a very sad day in the history of our nation. Yeah. Back to you, Jim. I, I'm, I'm quite amazed at the uh, solitary confinement, no in-person visits, no legal visits. That is a sheer violation of any normal American standard, even even no haircuts. Why, why no hair? And then no medical, outside medical help to uh, to assist. That's not the way we conduct ourselves in America, even rightfully. In, and I understand the difference between a jail and a prison. I fully get that. Uh, but to not allow these visits, in, in every jail can handle visits of some kind with family members coming, talking through the glass, uh, we've all done that with family members. And, and, and so that not being done is just, it's unconscionable to me, the, the level of the treatment uh, of, of these in this, in this situation. If, if that's the way the D.C. prison is treating all their inmates, that's wrong too. There's yeah. nothing this way. That's not an appropriate treatment anywhere. That's what they do in other countries. It's not supposed to be the way we conduct ourselves. It's in, true. In it's true. And, you know, Jim, I want to tell you, 
Um, my husband is a cop and my amazing, wonderful, incredible father um, was also a cop. And my father was a juvenile detective in the town that I grew up in. And, um, you know, you can't assault the police, right? We all know that we can't assault the police. I don't know how I would have felt if my husband was at the Capitol that day as a police officer. Um, I would have been probably coming out of my skin. But on the other side of the coin, and I've spoken to a lot of police officers and they agree with this, you got to kind of get to the bottom as to why a person felt the need to defend themselves so hard against the police. And we're going to start seeing that now as this video footage gets released. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the video footage is really hard to look at. You don't want to see a cop, you know, hurt. Um, but there's so much video footage that has not been seen yet. And I'm sorry, these, some of these, you know, there, there's definitely some people that went to the Capitol that day with bad intentions. There's no getting around it. We know this, right? Look at Ray Epps. Um, but that's not the majority. And um, I think that we're a very divided nation. And until the truth comes out and the rest of the video footage is released, we have a real problem here. Mario, um, make a legal disclaimer for us one more time. Uh, we do not condone violence in any yeah, way. So we just don't, we don't condone any violence that may have happened on January 6th and believe in law and order uh, and in the truth. So any, any criminal uh, activity uh, that was violated should be uh, obviously uh, uh, followed up with. But there are rights. There's jury the right to jury trial, right to representation of counsel. So due process, due process of law. There's there's a whole bunch of things that we would want and hope is being followed. We don't know. We don't know each of the individual cases. But what we are hearing is very very troubling, and uh, there needs to be some sort of investigation on this. Obviously from the house we we would expect that and uh whatever accountability and and adjustments need to happen if there is someone that is involved with the january 6 cases that has additional information that we're not aware of to bring to the table to justify the types of actions that we're hearing not just in this broadcast but on on, on different uh, uh television uh and social media outlets uh we're open to hear because as Jim says at the top of every program, we're way beyond Republican or Democrat, right or left. We're here for godly purposes to know the truth of what really went on and what is happening. And if there's a systemic problem in our nation that has to be corrected and how best we can pray, you know, for the prisoners, for the family of the prisoners and for law and order and the constitutional rights to be restored uh, to those involved in January 6th and to protect all of us for any future type of action like this. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Very well said. Mario, pray over Cynthia and pray for her nephew right now, if you would. Yeah. Father, we thank you um, for your heart and compassion through Cynthia. We thank you, Father. I pray that, that she would even hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant, that she's really helping the defenseless in this time. And Father, we pray that you cover her, that you give her a new strength and a new joy. Uh, we pray for her nephew, Father, that your presence will so overwhelm him and heal him and heal his heart, Father. And Father, we just uh, pray for this situation, Father. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, we just give you these prisoners, we give you uh, the condition of our nation, Father, and the concerns we have for our future. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Cynthia, I was going to pray for you, yeah. but instead, just keep your eyes open. I'm just going to, I, I want to compliment you on your life. You, I don't know your background, but you've indicated you've had a hard life and you had to overcome some things and you turned correctly uh, to God Himself and to the institution of the church and the fellowship of believers. And, and, and God sees you and smiles his approval on you. Way to go. 
your family's in law enforcement, and we congratulate them on that high and noble calling. Uh, Romans 13 would tell us there's a particular place for that in the kingdom of God, in the nature of government. And, and so thank you for your family's service. And then your nephew, I believe you said his name is Tim. He's um, walked a very difficult life, apparently, from childhood on. <clears throat> Thank you for playing that role in his life that he desperately needs. We all need an advocate in life. And normally that should be our parents, but that was not the case for him. But you have become that advocate and really given yourself to that. We, we thank you for that. Congratulate you for standing like that. That is noble as well. And I pray for Tim that is spiritual. I think you said autism, if I'm not mistaken. But I pray for physical and mental and emotional, intellectual being. But I pray that his spiritual be, his spirit be cultivated during this time. He's going to get out someday. We pray that be sooner rather than later. But I pray for him. And, and the other prisoners that are in there, somehow on this time that, that, that is, is so painful, so difficult, indescribably so, I, I pray that somehow that their, their love for the Lord, their understanding of the Lord, their spiritual grasp and understanding will, will increase and that, and that Jesus will show up and minister to them in profound ways. That they'll even have visions of Jesus and they'll see him and they'll feel his comfort. So I, I just declare, I'm declaring that over these prisoners. Uh, Jesus made it clear in the scripture what he thought about those in prison and how much he cared for them. And so, uh, Jesus, I just invite you into those prison cells to minister spiritually. And, and if you want to show up in, in dreams and visions, we pray blessings on them, and may they be drawn towards the God of truth and holiness and righteousness. And they, may something be established in their lives that when they get out, and that day will come, praise God, by faith, uh, they are going to be strong, mighty men of God. Or if there's women, women of God, strong and mighty in spirit. Prison did not take them down because God built them up. We declare this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Well-Versed Podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.